Grace and peace to you, Bloom, and welcome to our Guided Liturgy podcast. My name is Seth Slay. I'm the music and arts pastor here at Bloom Church in Denver, Colorado. On this week's episode, we talk about Advent again, and you'll also hear an Advent song that was written by people here in our Bloom community. We hope that as you listen, that you'll find peace and joy and hope and love and all the things that Advent brings. Grace and peace to you. A voice cries out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Let us listen and turn to the Lord in penitence and faith. Lord Jesus, you came to gather the nations into the peace of your kingdom. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You come in word and sacrament to strengthen us in holiness. Christ, have mercy. Christ, Christ have have mercy. You will come in glory with salvation for your people. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide and pray the prayer of the day together. Purify our conscience, Almighty God, by your daily visitation, that your Son, Jesus Christ, at his coming, may find in us a mansion prepared for himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our souls lift up the name of the Lord For you are our deliverer Though with all creation yet we yearn Your love flows like a river The desert that we walk in soon shall bloom Shall rejoice in every corner In all that's waiting still to be renewed Shall wait for God no longer So say to tired hearts be strong don't fear Our God will come to save us Sovereign over all the universe In our waiting still you see us Remind us that our sufferings can't compare To the glory you've prepared us Seeds in earth and soil hidden still Are growing up to break through Oh, 
up our ears that we may hear the new song you are singing. And even in all our wandering, oh, help our unbelieving. Like a watchman looking to Open our eyes Just a glimpse of you Is enough to change us Open our ears Then we can hear your voice In the song you're singing over us Open our eyes Just a glimpse of you Is enough to change us Open our ears Then we can hear your voice In the song you're singing over us Open our eyes Just a glimpse of you Is enough to change us Open our ears That we can hear your voice In the song you're singing over us Hear a reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 35. Even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool, and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it, 
It will only be for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beasts. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing and crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Hear a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 11. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Jesus told them, Go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Here reading from Psalm 146. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth, and all their plans die with them. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows. But he frustrates the plans of the wicked. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. You know, the more that we go through Advent, year after year, the more I'm hit with the reality that it is really difficult because it calls us to look at the darkness, to be aware of corruption and oppression in our, in our world and in our systems, in our treatment of creation and each other. And then it calls us to hope, to hope not just in that our current reality would be fixed, 
but that when this reality, this world, this earth, this galaxy falls away, that the reality, the one left, is Christ. And we see the character of Christ in the person of Jesus. We see the compassion, the kindness, healing. No one that ever came into contact with him was left unseen, was left on the outside. So we have this Advent hope that in the ending of all things, Christ remains. And that's the Advent hope. The church asking us to hold on to that is a tall task. And so we're called into Advent, into this space that spans this massive distance between reality and eternity. And in the midst of that, the texture of our journey is both awareness and hope. And I think that's where John the Baptist was. I mean, he was calling people into the new reality, into the kingdom, into the age to come. And for that, he was imprisoned. And in prison, he's sending word to Jesus, are you going to do something about this? And Jesus responds, I'm doing what I do. I'm healing. I'm loving. I'm including. I'm seeing I'm calling people into the reality of the eternal, the lasting, into hope. And that's just kind of the end of his answer. He doesn't fix the current issues. He doesn't fix the problems. He doesn't overthrow the government as they wanted him to. He doesn't push for Jesus nationalism. Just everywhere he walks, healing, love, compassion, kindness, inclusion, knowing, flow from everything he says and does. John in Revelation gives us that picture of the undoing of time, the undoing of the foundations of this creation, this earth, this universe, our very structure. The only thing that remains is Christ. Our Advent hope is that Christ is doing the same thing, that Christ is constant through it all, through every oppression, through every corruption, through every dark place, through every hard journey, that there is the constant Christ. So there's deep joy in that. There's longing. There's frustration. There's doubt. And that is all Advent. And through these years of grappling with it, how do we talk about it? How do we hold it? How do we recognize it? How are we human in it? I think it's become to me the most deeply honest season of the church and that it meets us where we are and it calls us to the impossible and the spirit guides us every step of the way. The words hope and awareness that you use, I feel like describe my Advent experience this year of like, I think it probably starts more with awareness than hope because you kind of have to be aware of what's around you. If you're going through a hard time, you need to be aware of the good things that are around you. You know, that's why thankfulness, gratefulness is such a powerful tool. In order to get to that hope, I feel like you have to start with awareness. And for me, it's, that's exactly how it's played out. It's like, 
it's easy to be in my own head or in my own kind of circumstances and kind of stuck in those things. And then as soon as I'm aware of, one, that there are people around me that love me and support me and care for me, uh, then, then that's when hope starts to come in. And I feel like that's what Jesus is even saying in this, is like, that's why I'm here. It's like to show you that like, there's more than just what's in front of you, and it's really hopeful and really beautiful. You know, that's, that's where I feel like God has kind of met me this Advent season, so that made a lot of sense to me. You're going to have to rein me in, because I feel like so much has happened this Advent. And I will say that it's probably one of the harder seasons I've been in in a while, and also maybe the most intimate that I've had with Jesus. And so this idea of holding two things at the same time has felt really has felt really live and real for me. How do you look around at the sorrow and the man, the ways that people hurt each other and the ways that we mm-hmm. hurt ourselves or other people and also hold on to hope, joy, peace, light. I know you probably have all missed me crying all the time, but (laughs) it's been a season of a lot of invitations from Jesus to be present with him and to trust and to shed things in myself that are no longer part of who Jesus wants me to be. And I'm certainly, (laughs) I don't mean to draw a line between myself and John the Baptist because I'm not nearly as cool, but I think the thing that I've been taking away lately is with the John the Baptist piece is like, Jesus is doing something so much bigger than what's reality for me in this moment. And it does feel like I'm in a prison with my head cut off some days. Obviously that's dramatic. But Jesus is doing this much bigger thing um, that even I, I may not get to see or understand until later. Um, yeah, but this season has held a lot of pain and hope, tears and joy. I am going to be really glad when this season is over, but I also trust that Jesus is near um, and that light is coming. I'm just thankful for the space that Bloom has created and the way that they recognize the seasons of the church and just the invitation that they give us to to enter into these different places. And in Advent, where it is, like as Dulcie is saying, these, this both and of this waiting or longing, um, maybe hard, and then you're pairing that with hope and joy. Uh, it's funny, Dulce, when you said, I don't want to compare myself to John the Baptist, and I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> but I'm connecting with him in the season that I'm in of just recognizing the older I get, the more questions I have, mm-hmm. the less I understand, mm-hmm. the more I feel like I really thought I had a good sense of how this was, how we were moving <laughs> forward with these things. <laughs> And so it's just that piece of like, wait a minute. I don't feel like John the Baptist was actually questioning Christ himself. 
mm. but more like, is this honestly how this is playing out? <laughs> and I've got to reframe some things. Mm. And I have found myself in a season of just having a lot of questions, not bottom line salvation questions, but more theology probably questions and like how does how do we go about this and really and um which feels unnerving Mm -hmm. in a way as I'm sure John the Baptist was also I mean I'm guessing by now he's very unnerved (laughs) right but also to be aware of the hope Mm -hmm. that we have and also just to be aware of Jesus' response and the goodness that is in all of that. Yeah. Yeah, so just finding myself in a both-and place Mm -hmm. and learning to be okay with that. And I feel like Bloom has really, and maybe I'm just hypersensitive to it, but I feel like they've done a really great job of making space for that and inviting us into the both-and and it not having to be one or the other and not having to rush through one to get to yeah. the other. Yeah. But being able to just be and really put in front of us who God is and the goodness that is there, which is our hope and ultimately is our joy and that there's kindness there and gentleness and um, life. It's been a season where I've longed to feel more of that intimacy that Dulcie is talking about, but I have felt okay and at peace with just kind of the waiting Mm -hmm. and, dare I say, maybe hoping Mm -hmm. that I don't stay here forever. Yeah. I listened to a podcast recently that was it was all about this idea of ambivalence, which say that again ambivalence, which I always saw as like a really negative thing. I've always mm-hmm. seen it yeah. as like somebody who just either they don't care about something or they're they're just like yeah, it's just not a not a thing for someone who's ambivalent. But what I've learned is like that word. What that word actually means is like holding mixed feelings basically oh. mm-hmm. you know which is like i i feel everything about this you yeah. know i feel yeah. sad i feel happy i feel you know hope i feel depression you know whatever like that's life isn't it that's a mm-hmm. human experience i think but that that word keeps coming to mind this whole time mm-hmm. like i feel like over the past three years, four years, however long it's been through this pandemic, um, <laughs> that the word ambivalence has probably been the best way to describe like my thought process lately of like, mm-hmm. I'm really trying to hold things loosely while also allowing myself to feel the things that are, that are, that I'm feeling in those moments yeah. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like Advent is the ultimate mm-hmm. like display of that. If, if it were like, if a season had, if each season has their themes, mm-hmm. definitely ambivalence yeah. is a theme yeah. of, of Advent. Because you yes. do hold the waiting and the, the sorrow that we feel in our waiting or the, yeah. the pain that we feel in our waiting. But it's also this anticipatory hope, mm-hmm. this joy that we're expected to feel and that we're 
hoping to feel, I guess. And so that, that's something that we, we've really leaned into this year with Advent is like, Advent is more, it's probably more Lent-like than mm. Lent is, yeah. truly. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because this is, this is the time when we're talking about, yes, Christ came, but we're also waiting for Christ. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's like so much joy, so much like everything. You're feeling all these things in this season. And not only that, but you also have all the extra things that are thrown onto this season, like the Christmas season coming up and like know, knowing that, you know, you have to buy toys for your kids or your friends or your family or whatever, or you have to, well, you probably wouldn't buy toys for all of those people. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you're holding so many yeah. things in this season, always, yeah. always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's never just one type of thing. It's all, all across the human spectrum of emotions and feelings. Like you're always holding so many things. And it's not just Advent, it's all the time, but Advent gives us a, a chance to like, actually look at those things, see those things for what they are, mm. and also maybe accept them, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, because, we, because yeah. we have this already not yet type of feeling, it's just all kind of wrapped up into that for me. And, mm. and it's honestly made Advent probably the most, th- this Advent, probably the most enjoyable Advent. It's so much so that I'm like, I forgot about Christmas, mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's interesting you say that about Lent. Because, you know, Lent is concerned with the personal and Advent is the cosmic. Mm-hmm. Where Lent is a focus on practice. What are my personal practices of faith, which are important. Mm-hmm. But Advent's the cosmic undoing mm-hmm. and the remaking. Yeah. So it pulls in this, I mean, it's just swirling. When you picture it, it's just mm-hmm. like this tornado of our world and our systems and our people and our hurt. And then Christ somehow, you know, just like that picture in revelation, like rising above it all with fire in his eyes. It's just, um, yeah, I think it's good for us because for those of us who grew up in the evangelical movement, there's such an oversimplification Mm. of faith. Mm. It, It really is like Advent calls us to, it really stretches us. And pulls us, I love what you're saying, everyone's really saying it, into a more true expression of being human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there is no easy answer. I mean, for John, he wants it to end. Yeah. And so do we. When Parks was in the hospital with RSV, people would tell me, well, God's not going to let anything happen to him. But I, was, I remember in, I was in the hallway. I was like, well, things happen to kids all over the world. Yeah. People like are dying. Yeah. The, some kids live for seven minutes. Yeah. It's, so you can't have a faith that excludes you from suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, what Jesus is saying back to John is, I see you. Yeah. I love you. And this prison, it will fall apart your body will fall apart, will decompose. There was no promise to remove John from the prison. It just was, this prison is not built to withstand the, the ending of the world. Neither is your body. Yeah. But I have you. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it's not the end of suffering. It's you're seen within it. It's the end it of is. suffering alone. Mm. Yeah. 
It's the end of, yes, it's the end of suffering alone. And again, it's that cosmic theme. It's that all of it is going away. Christ remains. So yes, suffering will end, but probably not on our timeline. We may go down with it. And that's a hard that's hard for us. Yeah. Those of us, I think, who grew up in the evangelical movement that we did and were told all our lives were exempt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. And we find it not to be true. And so Advent comes at us at that place where we woke up. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to that place in us that's disillusioned and hurt and feels alone and says, You're actually not alone. Yeah. You are seen. It's okay, world, creation, I'm holding you, it's okay, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think as we kind of wrap up the Advent season over the next week or two and move into Christmas, that it's good to remember this stuff. It's good to be formed by these things mm-hmm. that... Like the more, I feel like the more we realize that we can hold both negative and positive things in one sitting, in one place, and it still be okay for us, that to me is like God saying, I'm with you, you know? And so, Bloom, I hope that you're holding the things that you're holding loosely with grace with love and kindness not only for yourself but for others who are also holding so many things that this advent will be a time for you to find the hope the love the joy the peace that this season brings as well as to acknowledge the fact that we are all human and we're all going through hard things joyful things all the things So Bloom, as you're going through all of the things, we pray and we hope that this Advent season would be a time where you can hold those things, make peace with those things, find joy, and ultimately find Christ. So grace and peace to you, Bloom. Watchful at all times, let us pray for strength to stand with confidence before our Maker and Redeemer that God may bring in his kingdom with justice and mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That God may establish among the nations his rule of righteousness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may seek Christ in the scriptures and recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Let us pray to the Lord. That God may bind up the brokenhearted, restore the sick, and raise up all who have fallen. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the light of God's coming may dawn on all who live in darkness and the shadow of death. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That with all the saints in light, we may shine forth as lights for the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Almighty God, as your blessed Son, Jesus Christ, first came to seek and to save the lost, so may he come again to find in us the completion of his redeeming work, for he is now alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, 
one God forever and ever. Amen.